Some people might argue that we don't need an evolutionary explanation for the decline in birth rates. They're simply a reflection of women making the choice to limit families through artificial contraception. Mace argues that factors other than mere technological convenience have been at work. In historical times, people were trying to limit fertility long before there were any very effective means of modern contraception. So I think you can't explain it entirely in terms of a technological change. I actually believe that it was the demand for small families that led to the demand for contraception to be invented, rather than contraception coming first on the scene and people thinking, "Oh, that's a good idea." It's difficult to say in every case that there's any one variable that predicts the onset of fertility decline. But very broadly, it was associated with a kind of post-industrialization. So. People were moving into cities. Infant mortality was going down, and therefore population density was going up. And the more professional classes started the decline in fertility before the working classes, where the sort of perceived cost of what you need to invest in your children was more in some of those societies. So, in family-run businesses and things like that, people didn't want to have such large families. So, I think. Tying it back to the idea of perceived cost of children, relative competition between children and parental investment, to me, still seems to be the underlying causation for why the demand for contraception was there. These studies illustrate the dynamic interplay between social and biological factors in any study of human behaviour, and there are more tantalising areas still to be explored. There's been a lot of interest recently in trying to think about whether cultural evolution can cause different kinds of behaviours to emerge than purely genetic evolution. So, for example, humans are very good at coordinating behaviour amongst large numbers of unrelated individuals, whereas in animal species we normally only see coordinated behaviour across related individuals. Some people have argued that maybe cultural traits have slightly different properties from genetic traits. So, for example, you can change cultural traits during your lifetime if someone coerces you or encourages you to change your behaviour. You can. So, cultural groups. Might be able to instill certain rules which they enforce through punishment that could make the group do well at the expense of other groups, and because we have the cognitive abilities to keep track of who's doing what, we can force people to change their behaviour if it's cultural behaviour. Then certain kinds of behaviour might be commonly observed in humans that are not commonly observed in other species, and there's been a lot of modelling work trying to show. How these kind of high-level cooperation amongst unrelated individuals could evolve in humans through cultural evolution. Might an evolutionary perspective even shed light on the development of more complex behaviours, such as altruism, morality, or even religious belief? If we have emotions that are designed to be pro-social to the wider group, or To be very sensitive to punishment and keeping local norms, because the consequences of deviating from local norms are serious, then those kind of emotions could explain 
for example, why all humans are very susceptible to religious belief. So some of these models might explain some of the wider issues about morality, religion, these kind of things that all human cultures seem to place very high emphasis on. So those are all areas, I think, where there's a lot of interest and they may prove more difficult to study than some of the reproductive questions where we can get data on fitness, but a lot of people are thinking about those kind of questions now. So whether it's cooperative breeding and parental investment on the one hand or morality and altruism on the other, human behaviour will continue to pose fresh challenges for evolutionary anthropologists. The insights they yield will shed light on what makes us distinct from our nearest primate relatives and what it means to be human. This podcast was produced as a collaboration between the British Council and the Open University. From the Open University. For more information, go to www.open.ac.uk forward slash use.